Good evening. Whoa, this is, must be something like what my brothers used to. Hey, Terry. My story is about my mother. Um, Baba Wudada was our Aboriginal name. That means long water because she was born near a billabong in December of 1932. She lived on pastoral stations north of Mullawar in Western Australia. Cattle, sheep, her parents, fixed windmills, sheared sheep, mustard cattle, fixed fences. Um, her mum was a washerwoman by hand of the household, the, the station house. And when my mum was 11 years old, she, she was old enough to go out and work. So they moved her, they took her to the next station across, Yellowlong Station, and she began, she began uh, her duties as a domestic maid. Um, polishing floors, scrubbing floors, um, washing dishes, collecting, cow, collecting the um, cattle out to go, bring them back to milk them, take them back out again, babysitting. Um, when the station owners entertained, she was a little maid that served food. She had to stand and wait until they finished entertaining so that she could clean up after them. But that's when her education started. She educated herself by reading all the labels of all the things that was in the pantry, that was in the kitchen, that was her life. Tomato sauce, jam, honey, all those words she just practised to read. She told me later as a, when we moved into the closest town to us that she would read our readers that we left at home sometimes, the Dick and Dora books, Nip and Fluff, Jack and May. Oh, all the laugh tell me you will know those books too. <laughs> so that's how she taught herself to read. As a young woman, she changed. She went through a rite of passage. She became initiated as a, as a young Aboriginal woman. And, you know, look, that's all secret business. And, but she was, she was one of the few women in our area that was an initiated woman. And I didn't find out about all this until I was a teenager. And I said to her, Mum, why didn't you tell me? You know, I was just so proud of my mum. Why didn't you tell me that you're, you're a woman up high up in our Aboriginal society? She said, it's not something to boast about. It just, we do it. So um, I was very, and you know, that explained all the, all the other things that happened in that she would dream about us having babies before we knew we were pregnant. So it explained all these other things about her, that she was able to tell us we were, when we were having babies. Um, she would be able to tell us something was going to happen soon. She'd get a feeling about a person and she'd say, oh, keep away from him or don't go next to that one. But also as a little, as a young child in Mullawar, so 
Mull was a little country town, asked Terry Mills. Terry Mills and I are countrymen. We come from the same town in WA. <laughs> That's his claim to fame. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, growing up there, I couldn't work out why different, like we Yamaji people, we call Yamajis. I couldn't work out why different Yamaji people would, you could see that they treated her with respect and they said hello. And, and mind you, she was a very res a respectful person too. But, you know, she loved the whole court. She loved to yarn. She loved to sit down, take her down the nearest mall. She'd just sit in the car and everybody would all come to her and talk to her. Um, we moved into, they moved into Mullawa, her and her mum, when my grandmother became too old to work out in the stations. So they moved into town and this was mum's opportunity because her life was in a changing world from indigenous traditional to the white man's world. And she realised that us kids, nine of us, we had to get an education. So that was a good thing that she moved into town with her mum. My grandmother, they was a, um, my, my grandmother was a chief babysitter because there was no social security, so my mum had to go out and work. She did odd jobs for people around town to get extra bit of flour, bit of sugar, maybe a couple of pounds of coin money that those days. So yeah, but moving into town meant that they lost their freedom from living in the bush. So I remember as a um, young girl, we lived on the outskirts of Mullawar and by 6pm every evening, Aboriginal people had to be in their homes. They couldn't be out walking the streets. If they were, they were arrested and put in jail for the night. So going back to the storytelling and yarning, my mum was very good at that. Sometimes we'd be at some family's home. We'd have tea there and then they'd be yarning and yarning and yarning. Then we'd miss the curfew. So we had to, we had to sneak home. So I learned very quick what we had to do. We see a car light coming, we fall flat to the ground, face that car to make ourselves as skinny as possible until that car went past. And that's how we would sneak back home again. We never got picked up by any police, so it must have been good. <laughs> but um, yeah, education is very important for her. Um, made all nine of us go to school. My elder sister ended up um, in the Navy, working for the Australian High Commission. That's Marion. Ernie, well, you, I, you know about Ernie. Um, I've got a couple of other sisters, all in education. We're all in education. Um, so, you know, education's been important to my mum. Um, well, one of the stories I must go back to when she was a out in the station, she was also a mischievous girl. This is a story about Mrs. Leeds, who was a boss's wife, and Lice. Um, Mrs. Leeds was mum's carer, because she wasn't with her family, she wasn't with her mum and dad. So mum got into trouble for something. She copped a few whacks. She didn't like what Mrs. Leeds did to her. 
And in those times, you wash your hair once a week. It wasn't a like it is now. So my mother got a couple of head lice out of her head and put it in her in Mrs. Leeds' head. <laughs> she, a couple of weeks later, Mrs. Leeds saying, Bessie, check my head. It's really itchy. So mum looked in her head, nah, you got nothing. <laughs> Even though she could all see them all there, nah, you got nothing. Oh, okay. A couple of weeks later, Mrs. Leeds still scratching, so she asked mum's other sister, Hilda, have a look in this head. It's really itchy, my head, and... Auntie Hilda looked and she said, oh, missus, you got beggars, mob." <laughs> so as a result of that, my mother got her hair all chopped off. <laughs> Another escapade of hers was um, climbing down the well with the snakes in the well instead of going out to fetch the cows for milking. <laughs> oh, another story was she set fire to the grass hoping that would bring the cows back to the homestead earlier. <laughs> so, yes, she was mischievous. But coming into town, she knew that education was the way to go to the point where she didn't want to teach us her language. So in that time, we lost our language. And the irony of it all is that when we've all grown up, she's gone back to schools getting paid to speak teach um, Indigenous kids the Wajiri language. So, yeah. I said, oh, yes, so we've got to pay you now to learn our language. <laughs> but Mum loved her whole court. She was very infectious laugh. Everybody that knew her knew the laugh. She would just sit down and everybody would come and have a yarn with her. Anybody, black, white, brindle, anybody. I don't think there was a person that she didn't like. And that's... Um, and what else was I going to say? Um, she um, she was uh, um, passionate about education. She ended up cleaning the school in Mullawar because um, that's what she um, that's how much she was in, into education. Um, yeah, I talked about Mullawar. Oh, one of those times when we were late going to back home because we missed the curfew, we sneaked back. And the next morning when I went back to our auntie's camp, it was in the bush, emu feathers everywhere. The wind was swirling all these emu feathers around. And I'm thinking, where? We left here last night. Nobody plucked any emus last night, you know, like, because we didn't eat emu last night. There was none plucked, but there were feathers everywhere. We said to Mum, what's going on? You know, where all the emu feathers come from? Oh, don't worry. That Mobran man done it. Mobran man is a medicine man. He fixed your auntie up. She want to learn to stop being cheeky to people. That's one. So my, what happened was my auntie was saying disrespectful things to somebody and through native indigenous ways, she got caught. And the medicine man fixed her and that explained all the emu feathers flying around everywhere. But um, mum's... Terry, I can hear you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she grew us up with her mum, Yuli. Um, another thing that mum would get quite angry and defensive, 
because everybody would look at her. What are they staring at me for? But she didn't realise she was so striking. She had really dark skin and the whitest of hair. What are they staring at me now? Haven't they seen a black fella before, she'd say. I said, Mum, they're looking at you because they're admiring you. You're so striking. Oh, okay. She liked, she liked that. <laughs> but um, Mum passed away on the 30th of October um, in Fremantle Hospital. Um, on that day, I didn't think it was possible to feel love, helplessness, loneliness, pride, bewilderment, all those emotions in one day. She taught us a lot, but she didn't teach us how we were supposed to get on without her. It was the hardest day of my life. But somehow we managed. Three months later, we had our first Christmas without her up here in Darwin. All the siblings came from back west. And we were in this day, it was Christmas Eve. We were in um, Casarina doing our last minute shopping. And in, down in the eatery, we all gathered. There was one spare chair, and so I rushed to it because it was really full. And there was a lady sitting there next to me. I said, can you sit here? Can I sit here? Yeah, 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 she said. She said to me, oh, so you like basketball, do you? I said, oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, I've got a basketball shirt on here, you know, so we're just making conversation, breaking the ice. Then she looked at my daughter and she said, she's a very strong sense of justice doesn't she? I looked at her. She always takes up for the underdog. Yeah, I said to her. And she said to me, I'm a psychic. I'm over from Queensland for Christmas holidays. So the next two hours were spent there laughing, crying, getting all these messages because the psychic told me, she said, your mum's standing behind you. She described my mum. Oh, and there's some other people too, she said. She described these other people. She described my grandmother, two of my uncles. So she was still with us. Mind you, she was very, very busy after she passed away. She, she went to a psychic in Brisbane where Ernie was. She took it, she had another psychic down WA chasing her, her children around. <laughs> yeah. She knew, so I'm, I'm a big believer in that. So every time um, the Psychic Expo comes to Darwin, I'm there. Still getting messages.